Welcome to another episode of Monster Monster, a monster discussion podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me, as always, to my left. His moustache is so strong, it can power a Jaeger. It's Dave. <laughs> How's it going? Well, this is what I've heard. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> not tonight, man. There's some truth to those uh, rumors. <laughs> See, there's a theme uh, coming out. And yeah. to my right, his voice is so immense it can serenade a kaiju. It's Cameron. <laughs> wow, hello, everyone. See, all those kaiju listeners out there are listening intently now. Under the sea. Under, Under the, the sea. sea. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, to my other left, uh, his knowledge is so vast it could give Newt a run for his money. It's Leonard. Hello. Here he is. See, look, full, yeah. full gang, all yeah. four of us. First the time gang's all here as official hosts now. Oh, you, you excited, Leonard? Being, yeah. you know, being part of the fold every time now. I, I, I'm, I'm very excited, actually. Um, yeah. Very. Good. Good. Wow, that's, that's got some intent. Very, very. <laughs> Excellent. And, um, right, well, before we go into main topic, it's time for the highlight of the show. Yep. It's Yokai time. And mm. this week we are doing the first half of the letter K because it's quite immense. Uh, for K, for kill me now if you don't tell me about any more Yokai. Um, but luckily we are. Because we got one coming for you. So, yeah. with that, Dave, roll them. Oh. Nice solid roll there by Dave. Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Four. Oh, wow, really? Low number. We can count that one. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, no, this might lead to the. Yeah, it leads to the bad uh, place. Uh, oh, that was the really good one, too. That was the monk that spies on people in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no further information. There's just that. <laughs> it's a hard thing. He's actually yeah. just—he's just a janitor. It's just a janitor. It's, it's just Colin. He's not. Yeah, it's just Colin. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, a yeah. joke from the future for all our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wink. Oh, uh, right. Oh, say right. no more. Dave. Say no more. Reroll them. <laughs> Thirty-six. Oh, oh God! That's <laughs> right. You can come backwards. <laughs> What's the so final thirty-nine? <laughs> That's true. Okay, Kunchi. <laughs> the what? The Kunchi. 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 Now this Ooh. should Jiangshu. have an actual. Yeah. 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 It's, okay. It Go is. for it, Cameron. What's it about? Yeah. It is literally the Japanese version and, I guess, pronunciation of the Chinese hopping vampire known as the Jiangshi. I'm sure. Uh, so that's just Kyongshi in the Japanese. Uh, yeah, let's see. It's read as Goengxi in Cantonese, and I'm sure I butchered that. Kurongxi <laughs> in Vietnamese, and Gangshi in Korean, and Kyongshi in Japanese. Oh, and he's going for Hantu it. Po- Hunt- oh, pardon me. Hantu Pochong in Malay. Um, 
It's typically depicted as a stiff corpse draft, dressed in official garments from the King, King dynasty, King. and it moves around by hopping with arms outstretched. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty... It's the best. I wonder if that is like... Is that like the original inspiration for um the zombie thing where they stumble around with the arms outstretched, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Mm, possibly. Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they're hopping because their legs are tied, tied together. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, but like, yeah. Um, they kill living creatures to absorb their ki, or chi, uh, life force, usually at night, while in the day they rest in a coffin or hide in a dark place such as a cave. Uh, they've inspired a genre of film and literature in Hong Kong and East Asia. <laughs> There's an entire, you know, collection of films and books all based on these. There might be a good one. Yeah. Let's see. <clears throat> Genesis. So, uh, the King Dynasty scholar Ji Xiaolan mentioned in his book, Yuewei Kaotang Biji. <laughs> that the causes of a corpse being reanimated uh, are classified in one of either two categories, a recently deceased person returning to life or a corpse that has been buried for a long time, but does not decompose. Uh, some causes can be the use of supernatural arts to resurrect the dead spirit possession of a dead body, um, a corpse absorbing sufficient uh, young chi. So is it the yin or the yang that is the positive force? <laughs> In yin and yang. Yang. Yeah, so it's absorbed enough positive chi to return to life. Uh, there's, there's a much longer one. Uh, a person's body is governed by three huns and seven poes. <laughs> uh, Yuan Mei writes uh, in a book, Zibuyu, that one's much easier to pronounce at least. Um, a person's hun is good, but his po is evil. His hun is intelligent, but his po is foolish. The Hun leaves the body after death, but the pot remains and takes control of the body, so the dead person becomes a Jiangxi. Uh, let's see. If they are not buried, even after a funeral has been held, it'll come back to life after being struck by a bolt of lightning or when a pregnant cat leaps across the coffin. Two vastly different resurrection methods. <laughs> Oh, oh, brilliant. Man. Yeah. oh man yeah um <laughs> when a person's soul fails to leave the deceased body due to an improper death suicide or just wanting to cause trouble <laughs> how do you define that <laughs> oh those pranksters coming yeah, back pranksters. as vampires <laughs> oh, or um or inspired by a Mr. Vampire series of films a person injured by a Jiangxi becomes infected with a Jiangxi virus and gradually changes into one over time I think this is the modern filmic version yeah. yes. cinematic version <laughs> wow <laughs> holy shit lunchtime some of those are really good. I like so you can leave it out and it'll get Frankenstein by a bolt of lightning or a pregnant cat. <laughs> Same size. I really love how Brilliant. they undercut the bolt of lightning with the yeah. but the real way is the pregnant cat. Yeah. <laughs> or just to be a troublemaker. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just oh. like to imagine a bun- bunch of bonchos just like Hanging around <laughs> and turning uh, into to greaser jonchies. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
Coming, um, but, <laughs> coming yeah. soon, the shape of Zhangxi. Super <laughs> Zhangxi. <laughs> <laughs> thousand and one <laughs> step journey. Yeah. There's another potential origin in the origin story section here, so a little bit further down. Um, Apparently, another potential source of Zhangxi, the actual story, comes from the folk practice of transporting a corpse over a thousand li. Uh, the relatives of someone who died far away from home could not afford vehicles to have the deceased person's body transported home, so they would hire a Taoist priest to conduct a ritual to reanimate the dead person and teach him or her to hop their way home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That is brilliant. That is the most mundane reason for raising a zombie. Oh, it's inconvenient to bury it here, we should bury it at home. Raise the dead. I can just go there. Taking forever. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the priest would transport the corpses only at night and would ring bells to notify others in the vicinity because it was considered bad luck for a living person to set eyes upon a Jiangxi. Uh, this practice was cool. Was also called Jiangxi Ganxi, which might be where the name came from, um, with Jiangxi Ganxi uh, literally translating to driving corpses in Jiangxi. Was popular in Jiangxi, where many people left their hometown to work elsewhere. Um, after they died, their bodies were transported back to their hometown because it was believed their souls would feel homesick if they were buried somewhere unfamiliar to them. Oh, here we go. Uh, the corpses would be arranged upright in single file and tied to long bamboo rods on the sides, while two men, one at the front, one at the back, would carry the ends of the rods on their shoulders and walk. When the bamboo flexed up and down, the corpses appeared to be hopping in unison when viewed from a distance. Uh-huh. So the the potential explanation behind the myth. Uh, then it goes on with more explanations of yes, it just looked like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked like. It looked like that. <laughs> it's, it's like another three paragraphs of yes, they carry them in that exact manner. Just described. <laughs> yes. It looks like they were uh, witnesses. <laughs> any more pertinent in- information uh, here? Anyone would like to yeah, bring up? Yeah, the very. <laughs> popular culture section um okay the second paragraph so is explains i guess the architecture that you always see in traditional chinese buildings okay so the conventional wisdom of feng shui in uh, chinese architecture that a threshold um has a piece of wood approximately 15 centimeters high installed along the width of the door at the bottom to prevent a Jiangxi from entering the household so just yeah, something tall enough that they can't pop over. over. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. I really like those. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been Yokai of the Week. A very amusing one at that. Yeah. So you can't help yourself, can you? I mean, sorry, I was about to say it. Yokai mm. of the Week. You just yeah. want to do it, don't you? You're just going to do, 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 do. <laughs> <sighs> right. <laughs> Let's get on with the main bit of the show. Um, Indeed. So, because so, we'll give or take a week or so, this is <laughs> basically our year anniversary. Yeah. Um, when, you know, when Dave was just a lonely boy <laughs> trying to do it all by himself, and then um, me and Cameron joined <laughs> and uh, decided to do a, a massively long first episode as a, yeah. as a trio. And- Saved everyone <laughs> all that um, from <laughs> listening to me read off of a script. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, it was a bold, <laughs> innovative move. Exactly. Yes. So he thought rather than doing that, he thought we'd have us bumbling on as a three <laughs> trying to work out how to do this. <laughs> so, yeah, so give or take a year ago, we covered uh, the very first Pacific Rim. We covered uh, Kong Skull Island and the 2014 Godzilla oh, movie. Yeah. That was a big episode. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. We've got lazy since now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so appropriately, we are going to cover Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah. How new you're saying. Wow, you, you guys are with the times, aren't you? Mm. Yes, yes, we are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to cover this one. We're going to try and keep it as spoiler-free as possible, um, which shouldn't be too bad. Um, there's one key bit we'll definitely try and keep out, um, but... We're going to have to talk about certain things, yeah. unfortunately. So yeah. if you've, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, you know, just listen to it in a bit <laughs> when you have watched it. Um, but I think we've all watched it apart from yourself, Leonard. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So so you won't be too concerned if we, you know, go into a little bit of detail, will you? Oh, no, not at all. I well, am not I am not an anti-spoiler person. Oh, knowing, 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 knowing how a movie ends or anything like that does not deter me from watching it later on. Good, good. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Right, so um, I'll just do the brief background on it um, and then we'll just say what we thought of it and then we'll sort of delve into yeah, the, uh, the meat yeah. of it. So, yeah, so Pacific Rim Uprising is a 2018 American science fiction film directed by Stephen S. DeKnight in his feature film directorial debut. Good on him. And written by DeKnight, Emily Carmichael, Kira Snyder, and T.S. Nolan. Now, obviously, it's the sequel to the 2013 Pacific Rim that we covered, obviously done by our boy Del Toro. Yeah. Um, uh, The director of the original, serving as a producer on this one. Uh, Sequel stars John... uh, Boyega, isn't it? That's how you pronounce his name, is it? Boyega. Boyega. Boyega, isn't it? Yes. Uh, also making his producer debut. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, yeah. As well as Scott Eastwood, um, the son of Clint Eastwood, uh, if you didn't know. I found that out only afterwards. Reminds me of someone. I was thinking all the way through, because I didn't catch his name at any point. I was thinking, I, just, there's something about him. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. He's, <clears throat> he's not as Busey as Jake Busey, but... Uh... It's, no, it's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, yeah, so it's set in the year 2035, plot following humanity again fighting kaiju. kaiju. Uh, giant monsters set on destroying the world. So, the world. that's the, the basic premise. Um, so, starting yourself, Dave, what's your sort of general overview and thoughts on the film? Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I I think if anything, I liked this more than I liked the original. Uh, I think mm-hmm. because mm. they're not having to establish any kind of new world building. It's was done in the first film, so they could kind of just run with what was already established, um, while still mm-hmm. making a few changes because the the film itself is set uh, ten years after um, the first movie. Uh, mm. I, they, I can't tell. I think they either toned down some of the neon stuff or like moved it to different areas. Like I felt the first movie was really, really like, I don't want to say garish, just very colorful. 
and then this <laughs> did it but it was in it was in spurts like there was just moments of like crazy colors and then it felt wasn't drab it just wasn't going yeah you know, it wasn't dialed up to 11 the whole time mm. yep cool so overall you enjoyed it yeah uh it, it was good i i wish there was maybe a little bit more uh big monster action than there ended up being but uh that wasn't yeah. like to a detriment to the film it's just i was looking more no. forward to that and they mm. they did other tropes i guess <laughs> this this definitely yes, felt like did, a live yeah. action of another certain series um that <laughs> we don't need to cover but uh it's it was wearing its inspiration on its sleeve for sure yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, how about you, um, Cameron? <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> I was about to say Leonard then. I thought, oh, he's going to struggle there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. No, uh, I, I also quite enjoyed Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't expecting anything revolutionary. I was coming for big monsters and big robots and those were both in the film so i was satisfied on that account uh <laughs> i do agree with dave there could have been a bit more big monsters just just a little bit more i think you know another 40 50 minutes more um <laughs> uh as for like the um the neon thing i think the big difference is a lot of the first pacific rim had a lot of the big fight scenes were at night yes. during a storm so like the neon really stood out and a lot of stuff this time was really brightly lit, which is part of like, part of me feels like this felt significantly different to the first Pacific Rim. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not quite a tone thing because it's got kind of a slightly similar tone. And I, I think it is the atmosphere thing because so much of this film is like bright light fights, like the, there's a bit nearish the stars like it's Sydney, Australia, and it is the middle of the day in summer. And you can tell there's not a cloud in the sides <laughs> in the sky and you can't see for all the glare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is brighter in like lighting respects, but like, yeah, it's a little bit toned down on like the neon colors, which is fine. It still looks really good. The monsters look incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love them. And so do the Jaegers. Um, yeah, overall, really loved it. Uh, it surprised me with some things as well, um, which was cool. I wasn't expecting to be surprised going into this. It was nice. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I know obviously I can't ask you the same question, Leonard, but do you, from what you gather of what you've seen of it, do you think it'll be your sort of thing that you like to, like to watch? <laughs> uh, it, it looks like it'll be. It looks like it'll be an enjoyable, fun pop movie i did like the first pacific rim and i do have to agree with cameron that uh uh it it's it's not tone but it's definitely lighting which i guess Hmm. ultimately does kind of affect tone because a lot of the first movie was at night and really dark and maybe that's where that uh garishness from the neon is coming in because uh because it pops so much during that that fight mm. sequence near the end of the movie, um, because it's you know poorly lit and it it 
it looks like not poorly. Ooh, yeah. that's a bad way, but darkly. <laughs> dark, it, it, it is. It is. It is. It is dark. It is. There's no problem with the cinematography in the mm, first yeah, movie. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, it looks fun. It looks like it looks like an enjoyable flick that I'm sure I will. I, 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 I'm sure I'll like it. Yes. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd agree with what uh, Dave and Cameron both said. It, it, and to agree what you've said as well, Lenny, because it, it is a fun movie. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Not that the first one did as much, but this one, I, I suppose, is a bit more fun than the first one mm. in, in lots of different ways. It's a bit more mm. casual, um, if that's such a thing, for big robots and <laughs> monsters destroying cities. But it, it just, it's just got the, the main character, obviously, is, uh, which, is in the, it's, which is Jake, um, compared to uh, Charlie Hunnam's character in the first movie, who was a bit, you know, brooding and upset all the time. Whereas, whereas this character is just a bit more fun. You know, he's, a, you know, he's a bit easier going. So he starts off like, you know, he's he's narrating about things, and it, it just gets off to a bit of a, a bit of a funny start, really, because it gets off quite. Yeah, you know, he's partying and stuff. And just not what you would expect to be the start of a of a movie like this. But like you mm. said, it is a real good popcorn flick you know it's just you know what sort of things are going to happen in a movie like this um it's more of the same you know with a few little surprises but overall it is what you're going to expect it to be and i don't consider that a bad thing i mean i've been lucky enough to watch it twice uh in the cinema and even the second time i thoroughly enjoyed it as much as the first time um yeah. i think yeah. the fact that it's now uh, like i said a lot of it's set in the daytime i think is a better thing in some ways uh it, it just means you get I know it sounds silly, but you get a better glimpse of the Jaegers and the Kaiju. <laughs> you can just, you know, rather than the yeah. first, I, I, you know, you're trying to make them out and go, what, what part of them is that? What's going on? Especially the fight scenes where they're obviously very fast and, and fluid. At least in this one, you get to see a bit more of what's, you know, it's more emphasized, mm-hmm. um, which again, I consider a good thing. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, like I said, like um, Dave uh, said, it, it's just a shame that it's a bit kaiju light <laughs> uh, com- compared to what you think it's going to be. Um, again, there is kaiju in it. Obviously, it's just they seem to there seems to be a, a main focus on the you know the, the obviously the character of Jake, him coming back into the the fold, and obviously these new recruits, you know, and obviously pushing them forward. So it's it's playing a bit of a homage to the first movie, but. You know, it's just, it's trying to be a bit, you know, we're a team and we'll, you know, stand together and do it, you know, as you expect, you know. Uh, definitely not like the Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's just a bit. Um, I suppose we, do we, do we want to go into roughly the the story of it. <laughs> like I said, I'll try and, we'll try and keep it, you know, without spawning too much. Um, so, yeah, so basically with um, Jake, who he's the... Again, it's not really much for spoiler. He's the son of Stacker Pentecost, which is uh, Idris Elba's <laughs> character in the uh, the first movie. Uh, you find that out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughing> at. <laughs> Sorry. You, my brain was wandering for a second. He said, and you know, main character is Jake, and my brain went to Jake Lionheart. Yeah, It just popped into my head and it exists. Do you want a different one to I? Well, I yeah, his Jaeger. There's not a big power core, it's just a big speaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> he's, he's just, just dropping bars like, on him. 
Yeah, he's just playing Warframe. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's doing. You got oh, ripped man. off. That's the one you saw. Oh man, actually, that's something I want. That's something I want moving forward. Pacific Rim franchise. I want the um. I want to. I want a Jaeger like Octavia from Warframe. Yeah, Sonic that'd be awesome. Beat, Sonic Beatmaster mm. Jaeger. Hell yeah! Sorry, <laughs> little little <laughs> brain fart. Oh, um, it just occurred to me. So I think that the reason that the tone and it's not just the, you know, daytime versus nighttime. Yeah. It's the movie itself kind of plays opposite to general genre expectations. So the first specific rim is set during and slightly post a lot of the large, uh, kaiju, um, destruction. So the world itself has kind of fallen into that post-apocalyptic scenario. Everything's just gritty and broken. Mm. This is, it's it's the recovery, but everything is far more. I, I would. It's not really technologically advanced. There's some of that, but everything's built. Like there's not signs of huge yeah. destruction. Yeah. Um, they they've kind of completed a lot of the reconstruction effort. So what you're seeing is almost reminiscent of the time before um, everything's being attacked and destroyed. And I, that I think contributes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a lot of uh, what you're seeing on screen as far as like the tone i, I think that's what it was yeah yeah, yeah, I think yeah it's very listening yeah. and you know bright and sort of that idealistic future vision instead of that um mm. dystopian sort of grunge look that the first film had <laughs> <laughs> that's true because i suppose that like i said now it's 10 years on they i suppose they're just sort of chilling in a way aren't they they're just sort of like oh you know they're trying to they've got over obviously all the destruction and like i said they've rebuilt most of it but not all of it obviously you've got some sweet uh, mansion (laughs) sweet mansion half mansion half kaiju skeleton (laughs) which is really cool but overall yeah like and it's it's, you know you got the like the bits where they're they're swapping maseratis for oreos and (laughs) things like that you know the the world has changed slightly but you know like you said it is a brighter you know we did it you know the world's the world's a better place, um, which you know, which like I said, makes a better a, a diff a better tone, probably just a different tone. Um, so yeah, so you know there is a focus on uh, Jake's character, who I thought was instantly likable. I mean, he, he's you know he's playing the role of a you know a cavalier guy who's just you know trying to make trying to make ends meet, but in a uh, you know, he knows what he's doing, but he's, you know, he's off the beaten track slightly, um, which, you know, makes him quite enjoyable to uh, to follow. Um, and then we meet um, Amar, one of the other main characters, which is Amara Namani, um, who's a, a teenage girl. I don't know what age, do you know what age she's supposed to be in it? I, I'm just, I'm just going to say teenage girl. I do. 16. Yeah, I'd say, well, yeah. It's really weird that. because yeah, that. Her, her parents were killed in, I guess, the 10 years previous. It wasn't, like, clear. Mm-hmm. I think it covers it in the there's a prequel comic that bridges the two films a little bit better. Um, and she looked maybe, I don't know what... She almost looked like 10 years old in the flashback, so it was a little weird. Yeah. Um, so she probably she's gotta be like, old. she's probably older than... Yeah, but she looks like she's 16, so I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> if that. Like, yes. She looks yes. really young. 
Yes, she is of a, a unconfirmed age, but looks quite young. Um, and obviously, you know, by herself. And this is where we, uh, we get to see her. Well, one of the first uh, Jaegers in this movie, uh, lo- lovingly named Scrapper. Yeah, no, basically the best Jaeger in the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, I would disagree with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> Scrapper. Something you probably see out of the. You know, the like latest, Bumblebee. well, I suppose, like a lot of them. Uh, the... <laughs> Transformers. Oh, you beat me too. I was about to uh. say that. <laughs> no, I was about to say uh, the latest Transformers. Rumblebee. Yeah, Bumble, like a Bumblebee. He's a pachinko yeah. ball. Yeah. <laughs> a bum, Bumbleball. We'll call it. Bumbleball. Yeah, we'll... There we it's go. like those stupid <laughs> Bumbleball toys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's created her. She's based. <laughs> it's in your head. Um, so basically, she she's created her own mini kaiju. Um, no, Jaeger. Who called Scrap? Mini Jaeger. Mini oh, Jaeger. <laughs> right. I was thinking of Bumbleball still. Uh, yeah, a mini Jaeger. Uh, right. Let's start again on that. Uh, yeah, a mini Jaeger called Scrapper, who, who is actually very tiny mm. compared to <laughs> the one we're about to see shortly. Um, so basically, she's done this by you know. As per the name Scrapper, finding scraps, putting putting it together, and it's quite a cute little uh, Jaeger. And basically, the the sort of the main thing that you'll find about it is that it can be controlled by just her. Which obviously, as we know from the previous movie, that you need two people as part part of the uh, neural uh, neural handshake yeah. uh, that they you know have to control be to control uh, a single uh yeah you go where like i said she can control it by herself but then that's because of how little it is um <laughs> so, so she does a runner with uh jake in the scrapper and then this is where we meet first big oh, <laughs> Jaeger, the big boy he's a big boy um <laughs> and he is called i can't remember what's he's he called november uh, ajax that's the one, November, November Ajax, who is a very police, military-looking, <laughs> you know, with authority, Jaeger, yeah. and he is a big boy, and it really does show the, <laughs> the size of Scrapper. Um, I mean, what do, you, what do you think of November Ajax, for people that have seen it? <laughs> no. Uh, Dave, you or me? He's like a giant Robocop. I guess. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> That's just what it felt like because the um yeah. when they're doing the PA speakers, it didn't sound like a person. Yeah. That was the the least no. like human sounding but well, I mean it sounds like a guy, but it's just very robotic <laughs> tone. So, yeah. I don't know if they yeah. do extra like filters or some sort of I think they did because when um uh Scott Eastwood I don't remember his name, um in the film Lamb something Lambert. Uh, when he was doing his PA stuff, it was doing the same thing. It's like they filtered the voice a little bit, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, it was cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Re- it was not on there for very long. It's like, like a very. No, it's not, unfortunately. Um, He's big. I think He's he has blue. two moments or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, the basic idea of him is obviously to obviously police. Uh, the local area, and again, just to show the size of a normal Jaeger compared to Scrapper, yeah. because obviously you haven't really had much perspective. When you think, oh, you know, Scrapper looks quite big, and then uh, November Ajax <laughs> uh, blows that literally out of the water. Oh yeah, and uh, they, the yeah. Full, what two hundred and twenty feet taller? 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, si- the scrapper fits on um, November Ajax's head, like, and yes, yeah, doesn't That's look like yeah. huge. Yeah. It's <laughs> <very> small. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, what, what were we thinking with November Ajax or any other Jaegers at this point? Because obviously it's there for a reason to obviously be patrolling the area. So I know it's been brought to their attention, but do you, what do you think that they're doing if they're not dealing with kaiju? <laughs> what are they actually, what do you think they would be policing? Is it just yeah. people putting Rogue their own Jaegers? Uh, Jaegers? <laughs> Rogue Jaegers, yeah. Even yeah. the little ones. Well, it's yeah. really weird because they're, yeah. they're far too large to like, police just people yeah, yeah that's, that's what like, i mean that's that's what, using yeah. a rocket launcher against a mosquito it's uh, <laughs> i don't know well it's like the psychological the, thing yeah well it has to be um but in i guess the the prequel comic um and the the film does i guess um it attributes more ability to amara than she actually maybe has because as far as yeah. the film is concerned, she built Scrapper by herself, whereas that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, she she was uh, not really helped, but um, she was taken under the wing of two, I guess, scientists or engineers who were building um, Scrapper, and then she was helping them with it. And then I don't; it doesn't get into mm-hmm. I think what happened to them, but they're her basically foster parents, and so yeah, they had to have. I guess they died. I don't. It doesn't like talk about it at all. Um, they went out for a pack of Oreos in a car and never yeah, came back. just didn't. Come back. <laughs> and some pot sauce. But um, yeah. I, I believe the the comic has, um, I guess, her. It's not really a foster parent, but the the guy that's standing in for her father um, has like a exoskeleton suit. So there's smaller versions oh. of. You know, there's power armor, I guess, that exists in this mm-hmm. universe, and that would have been cool to kind of see that as well. But maybe it would have been too much for the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm imagining it looking something like the uh, pilot suits that they have that are uh, a little bit cooler looking yeah. in this this movie than they did the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, Jake and Mara have been caught, and you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jake Lionheart and Amara. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> They've been caught in their Jaeger with you by uh, what's basically an electrified grappling hook yeah, to take well, them down. It's a taser. He's a, yeah, he's a cop. A, he's a, a taser. A Jaeger taser. Yeah, that sounds like a, a cop person would like explode them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, so they they get caught and uh, get uh, drafted into the uh, the Pan Pacific Defense Corps. Um, so Amara is a cadet, and Jake is back as a ranger. Well, he he didn't really he doesn't really get a choice. <laughs> this is the only way of really getting back to sort of redeem himself. Well, otherwise, he, could otherwise have he goes to prison. prison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, he compares to prison in some ways. He's like, well, one prison or the other prison. <laughs> and obviously, you're getting the vibe that he's you know he's got history. Obviously, when it comes to being a mm. a Jaeger pilot, and obviously the uh, the baggage with his dad. Um, and then this is where 
we get a nice, uh, I don't know, I don't know, Jaeger porn, I would say now, <laughs> where, we got, <laughs> where we've literally got all the Jaeger base, um, where we've got Amara sort of basically reeling off their names. And yep. this is like in the pre-show, we were, we were making up our own Jaeger names, weren't we? What did we come up with? Webcam chair. Yep. Um, was it Blueberry? Blueberry, sl- blueberry Slasher? Yeah, Blueberry Slasher. Yeah. Blueberry, um, yeah. Disco Ball um, Inferno. Leonard, what would be, what, what would your, what would your um, Jaeger be called? Constipated Denial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds best. Wow. Oh. You don't need to describe what attacks it's got. <laughs> no, <you really> <laughs> we'll make our own conclusion on that. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so basically, about you to send in fan art. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we want to see it. <laughs> wow. Oh, brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so we basically get to see all the main uh, Jaegers. We get to see mm. uh, the main boy, which is uh, Gypsy Avenger. We get yep. to see uh, Bracer Phoenix. We get to see uh, Saber Athena. He's, I love these names. Uh, yeah. Guardian Bravo, uh, Titan Redeemer. Um, yeah. I think that's it, yeah. They're the, one, they're the main ones you see. And so basically she's uh, nerding out on them. Understandably so. I think we would all be doing that. Yeah. Um, it's almost oh, like she's yeah. got collectible cards, isn't she? She's like, <laughs> I've got that one. Yeah. <laughs> Titan Redeemer. Well, and that's Which one thing great. that they um, didn't um, address, I guess, in, in the 10 years that have passed. Uh, the one other key difference is the way... Jaegers are like overtly treated, sort of like they're um, cast as like reality show uh, uh, yeah. Like yeah. sponsored um, contestants. Almost is what it feels like in the first film. That that doesn't play yeah. out that way in this, but it's still evident in this. I guess in the way that um, Amara is like geeking out over the the specific yeah. Jaegers. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, look, it's the yellow one. There's the green guy. <laughs> the yellow one. The, the constipated one. But what do you think of the, the design of these compared to the original movie? Because I, I, what I liked about these is they, they've all got slight variations, but I think that they've gone to town a bit more with these compared mm-hmm. to the... I feel like in the first one we were sort of given a yeah yeah, yeah you know here's some yeah they've stepped them up a bit again they've been inspired by Transformers here a bit and yeah uh, Power Rangers and such like but <laughs> it, it, I just think they've what's quite good about this movie especially is that they've just gone you know what yeah we're gonna do cool robots they're not they don't seem like they're ashamed about having cool robots mm. in this one you know yeah. it's not like oh you know they don't feel embarrassed by it which they shouldn't do this is, you yeah. know people like cool robots. Well, they've had um, time to build these without being like harassed. In the first film, they're building them like under a, yeah. a giant time constraints. They look far more yeah. cobbled together. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Um, these are are way more streamlined. They look like they're you know second, third generation. I guess they're technically third or fourth generation um, production mm-hmm. models. Um, that have yeah. had time to uh, sit there and be revised and improved. Yeah. Um, Mm. I don't know. They just look, look. There's been more care and time to, you know, yeah, craft yeah. these and make them more 
visually appealing, I think, to the to the populace. Yeah. Versus mm. The other ones were definitely just yeah. look like huge things that punch <laughs> big monsters. <laughs> they've been able to yeah. do they've been able to do proper demographic testing. <laughs> yeah, yes. Work out what's what appealing. What would you like to see on your Jaeger? One <laughs> <laughs> prime with a lightning whip. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. We'll actually talk about that. What's you know? Um, well, starting with you, Dave. What's what's your the one you're liking the most out of these? Uh, probably Saber Athena. I just thought the, mm, the yeah. agility um, being visible mm. and them just doing crazy kung fu against giant monsters was great. It reminded me of Ultraman <laughs> a little bit. If Ultraman was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more effective <laughs> as far as uh, <laughs> speed and movement uh, is concerned. Yeah. How about you, Cameron? Uh, I really like Titan Redeemer. Uh, it is a three-person Jaeger as well, which they mm-hmm. continued that on from the first film, which was cool. Uh, in the first first film, we had um, Crimson Typhoon. I can't remember uh, the exact yeah, destination. So. Um, that was the one with the three arms. Yeah, but that had the... Yeah, had three arms. Uh, this one is a regular humanoid, but um, the third pilot is there more for keeping control of systems and, when necessary, taking an elevator because you need an elevator. It's so big. You take an <laughs> elevator down into like the abdomen, and there's um sort of an anti-aircraft gun set up in there that can swivel around to shoot either forwards or backwards, which was really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it felt a little bit Voltron, a little bit uh, Star Wars, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely feels very different to the um, older generations of Jaegers. Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, some of what them are like Mark, Mark six or seven. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, favorite, I, I'm going to probably get side with Dave on this one. I like Saber yeah. thing, you know. I just <laughs> it's got a very Warframe vibe going mm, off. Um, nice, and I think it's just nicer than just having the beefy uh, type of Jaeger. It's just nice having like a, a lean, agile. Twin swords, yeah, twin mm. swords are always good. I mean, <laughs> so and I think, and uh, she's got a particle charger as well. Actually, I think this, uh, and uh, well, and actually, before we carry on, Leonard, is there any from what you've seen of them? <laughs> I appreciate you haven't watched it, but is there any particular ones you're liking the look of? Uh, I like the one that, that punches things real hard. Nice, yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, no i don't actually have 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 a favorite jaeger i've actually kind of kept um, myself away uh from the movie um for no no particular reason i just haven't looked into it that much um but yeah i i i'm 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 interested to uh to experience all the jaeger designs (laughs) yeah because at least from what i can tell in this movie it seems like a a a pretty natural progression Mm. from the jaegers in the first pacific rim given the the decade time jump so it yeah it it would make sense that there are more streamlined effective jaegers in this one i'd honestly be disappointed if there weren't yeah (laughs) yeah that's a fair point yeah i mean i mean they definitely become poster boys and girls now haven't they in comparison Mm. i mean (laughs) just like those pictures you put in the discord chat they just (laughs) they look they look the part now rather than like dave said earlier the fact they were just bolts and metal put together just because they had uh, a time scale to stick to. At least these just look good. Um, right. And also they fight well as well. <laughs> they yeah. do. Um, 
yeah, well, actually, this is probably a good time to actually go into a bit more detail about these Jaegers, um, sort of explain what, what they can do. I mean, they're going to fight a bit later, but <laughs> it's probably the best time while they're all together uh, for five minutes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we've got uh, so we've got Gypsy Avenger, which is obviously uh, a natural successor to Gypsy Danger from the uh, the first. Uh, again, this is obviously the, the real poster boy of the, mm. uh, of the Jaegers. Uh, which is piloted by uh, Nate, which is um, Clint Eastwood's son, uh, and Jake, <laughs> not Lionheart. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's a it's design-wise very similar to Gypsy uh, Danger from mm. the first one, understandably so, but a bit a bit more streamlined, a bit yeah. a bit cooler looking, I think taller. anyway. I think bit, yeah, definitely a bit taller. <laughs> Um, yeah, just just an, like you said, version two, two point hmm. zero yeah. of uh, of Gypsy Danger. Um, you've got you know classic attacks such hmm. as elbow rocket. You know that's one that's one you'd appreciate, Leonard. You know one, yeah. the ones that can punch, <laughs> super punch, elbow rocket is always cool. Uh, got a plasma cannon, which uh, actually in this movie, um, and yeah. still got the uh, the famous chainsaw from the uh, from the first movie. That comes out the back of the uh, forearm, mm. um, and then you've got which I don't believe it had in the first one the gravity sling. I don't. Yeah, that that's new. Yeah, yeah thought it was. So um, yeah, so basically it's like a little, um, like a little f- gravitational yeah. field that can collect like debris and cars, uh, and you can sort of basically yeah. turn it into a, a slingshot, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, and so does, um, does it have a laser? Yes. It does, yeah. Uh, you, you, I think you see it briefly at one point where it shoots it out. You, mm. I think that's its main sort of weapons. Is a, I think there's it has rockets as well. Cause you remember the bit with mm. the, yeah. the ice when it yeah. sort of you know uses a yeah. rocket. So it's got you know standard things, but that's I think its main main move set. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want to call it. Um, and then we got Bracer Phoenix, um, which is a very heavily armed one from memory. Mm-hmm. Um, Race of Phoenix. Actually, no. We were talking about Titan Redeemer, isn't Race of Phoenix the the, the uh, three man punchy boy? Yeah, Race of Phoenix is um, destroyed on one of the bases later on in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, involved yeah, but... a helicopter. Um, yes, yeah. yes, he's Mister <laughs> Mister Punchy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so heav- heavily armored because it, it says in the wiki was it was this a three pilot one or am I that or was it just no, Titan Redeemer? That was now now I'm, I'm getting confused with him messing around with everything because um, because if you remember that um, mm-hmm. t- uh, I think it's Titan I think it's actually I think it's because Brace of Phoenix takes over the Morning Star later in the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, they cobble yeah together, there we go. Um, yes, Jaegers in the. My mistake then. Part of the film. <laughs> yes, it's um, yeah. There's a bit of overlap on, on some of these. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Brace, yeah, so Brace of Phoenix is the three rig. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, three rig. Um, which is like you described has got that cool bit where the guns start on the front and mm. end on the back. Um, yeah. and you and like I said, its main weapon star, which it gets late from Titan Redeemer. So yeah. it sort of gets yeah. it in the second there half of the movie, which is uh. <laughs> On a basically, well, it, it replicates its its. Uh, mm. Is it actually if, is there a fist as well? Was it instead of the fist? I think it depends which photo. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to look at the photos. 
It's so difficult to tell. Yeah, so we had <laughs> no, anti-kaiju missile launchers, and then it was um, mm. given the Titan Redeemers. No, no, no. Yeah, Morningstar, Disco Inferno. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got so many Jaeger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, that morning yeah. star is yeah. so cool. <laughs> here's the here's the <laughs> trivia from the the wiki. So the gunner Ooh. pod was largely inspired by the gunner's chair in the Millennium Falcon. I knew it. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. And the movements of a gunslinger from a western. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, and then you've got. Uh, Saber Athena, which we spoke about, which the Agile Warframe Type One, which has got <laughs> twin blades, which which two become one a bit later. Um, <laughs> you only see it briefly, but yeah, there's a point yeah. where so they morph into one single sword, um, and thus it's got a particle charger as one of our other weapons. Um, you've got uh, Guardian Bravo, which is the yep. one with the arc whip. Yep. Which is cool because whips are Optimus cool. Prime with an arc whip. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's a yeah. uh, Optimus Prime Castlevania mix-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, everyone likes a good whip. Which um, do they? Um, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said well, after that. Everyone loves a good whip. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. We got it. Um, <laughs> and like I said, we got uh, Titan Redeemer, which. I think is the one used in the training sim, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Maybe. But so I think, yeah. you know, there's a, a brief scene where the, the cadets, you know, in a training simulator and they mm. use uh, Titan Redeemer, I believe. Um, so, yeah. And then I suppose the other Jaeger we've n- not mentioned is Obsidian Fury. Um, <laughs> we've got to be a bit careful with this one. <laughs> yeah. No, on the, um, uh, on the Titan Redeemer. Just the uh, little history yes. bit. It's, it's funny. Um, during the rogue uh, drone Jaeger attack on the Shattered Dome, Titan Redeemer was deployed to fight back, but took a missile to the knee and collapsed. Sorry, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Skyrim! <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 Titan Redeemer was saying that. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the boy with the Disco Inferno ball. Originally, yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, yeah. So, uh, Obsidian um, is uh, weapon is uh, it's got uh, the evil Jaeger, the evil Jaeger, boo, <laughs> um, <laughs> created by Shadow Industries. Um, there's a key bit to it, but I'll should we say, mm. should we say the key bit, or was that too spoilerish? Mm. I don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll leave it. Leave we'll skip it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's got, it's got it's got twin plasma chainsaws, basically two of the yeah. chainsaws that uh, Gypsy Avengers got. Uh, it's got the salvo launchers, basically these missile launchers near its chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got this really cool, which I like, the signal jammer, which is yeah. sort of built into the spine of the Jaeger, mm. which is really cool. Yeah. Um, that felt very and, Transformers-y. When it activated, yes, it was. <laughs> little spines flexing back and forth. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, it's got an arm-mounted gun and a particle charger in its chest, similar to mm. uh, Gypsy uh, Avenger. So it's it's like a even more badass version of Gypsy Avengers. 
It's just yeah. his evil brother. <laughs> it's, it's 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 the rival character, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You gotta yeah. have it. It's, it's the it's, Ken to the, to its Ryu. It, it's <laughs> it's it, yes, it's it's Gypsy Avengers uh, Virgil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. Nice, nice. Like it. So yeah, so this is the uh, the uh, Jaeger Club that we've uh, met now. <laughs> um, so at this point, we uh, we meet uh, the leader of the uh, Shao Industries, which is uh, um, I think she she the actress out of um, the Great Wall, that film that was out recently. Um, uh, I think. Look it up. I think she's in there anyway. Anyway, um, and uh, we. Well, she was in Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was. And yes, the Great Wall. She was the the general in the Great Wall. Yes, I thought she was. Yeah, good actress, Mm -hmm. and she can fight. Um, So yeah, she she comes across as the you know the evil Mm. corporate person of Shao Industries. Um, yeah. We get scene leaked yeah. from the original movie, and um, yeah. she's. I can't remember the other one called. What's the uh, other one called? Something German. Ah, <laughs> something, something, something German. Yes, um, and <laughs> I can't remember that. That's bothering me uh, now. Yeah, I did. I thought I did my notes, but I don't. Um, and we get to see Mako Muri of the uh, from the first movie as well, um, yeah. who's now basically in charge of the. Uh, the Pan Pacific Defense Corps. Mm-hmm. So she's uh, obviously gone up a level, and basically she's in charge of deciding whether the drones systems that Shao uh, Industries have built. So basically, they built these these Jaegers that can be mined, well, controlled by a pilot, but they can be you know in an in an office yeah. somewhere, yeah, <laughs> rigged in sort of VR, VR style. Yeah, yes, <laughs> VR Jaegers, which obviously riles them up a bit because they'll say, "Hang no." No, we don't want the new kids coming in, taking our taking our jobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, and this is like I said, this is where we see the Rogue Jaeger. This is where we see Obsidian Fury taking on the uh, Gypsy uh, Avenger, which is really quite a cool uh, mm. fight scene. Actually, the one that you mentioned earlier, Cameron being in Sydney. Um, yeah, yeah, nice, nice weather. Perfect weather oh, yeah. for a Jaeger perfect fight. weather for a Jaeger fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately, we you know we lose Mako at this point, and uh, Obsidian Fury runs away, uh, which obviously <laughs> then <laughs> bye. <laughs> the, the, I think I think the one cool bit actually that uh, the sort of pre bit before that fight is mm-hmm. where you see uh, Obsidian, Obsidian Fury coming out of the ocean, but obviously at that. Point, it, they, the way they filmed it, obviously, is to make it look like a, a, a kaiju is about to come out of the water, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, um, that was like, a very oh, Godzilla style shot. Uh, it was. Recent Godzillas, but yeah. Well done. And um, what was next? Yeah, then the the drones get alive because obviously things have gone to pots, and so <laughs> show industries have got their way. Uh, and then through this, uh, Gypsy Avenger gets. Uh, tasks with going to Siberia, where the before Mako dies, gives a well, it's a bit of a, like a data package, you know, um, that they uh dissect and realize that it's somewhere in Siberia. And then this is where there's another showdown between uh Gypsy of Avenger and uh Obsidian Fury, uh, which is a, again a really cool fight. This is where where uh Nate and um 
Jake are becoming bros again, aren't they? Mm. When they go, oh, we get. To, shall we use that tactic we did when we were pilots? <laughs> Remember the old move? The old switcheroony, the old uh, one-two kick. Yeah. <laughs> you probably don't have the old like, fastball special. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. They're yeah. like drifting, you know, so wouldn't all... they just immediately know, know what to do? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well. Exactly. Okay. It's for the audience. Of thinking. You know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Remember that thing we used to do? Yes, yes. I'm, yes, I'm connected I do. to I'm, you. Yeah, now that you reminded I, me. I, I, I read <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then uh, at this point we find out something spoilerish, so I won't say. Um, and then so basically um, this is when things hit the fan. Drones yeah. go crazy uh, and attack the Aegis. This is where we lose uh, Titan Redeemer. And any others at this point? I can't remember. I think we lose another one at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, Valor Omega. That's it. That's yeah. the one that we didn't really see much about that we no. didn't mention earlier. So, yeah, Time Redeemer, Valor Omega, they're gone. They're gone. Um, so, again, I won't say what happens next because it's very, very spoilerish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, breaches start happening through the drones, Yay. which is really cool. So you've got these... Uh, um, all the drones basically in a circle, you know, using their lasers to cause a breach under the Pacific Ocean. And obviously, this is where the kaijus are coming in. Yeah. Um, yay. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, which is really cool. Um, but uh, luckily, they managed to stop them in, well, almost stop them in time. Um, you see this really cool scene of the of a kaiju getting literally cut in half yeah. when the the bridge closes on it, which is really <laughs> cool. And it's bodies lying in the ocean, you know. Yep, polluting to everything. <laughs> yes, Again. exactly. Those yeah. damn kaiju. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, bad news, everyone. Leonard, bad news. Um, <laughs> three kaiju have made it through. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, two, two cat fours and a cat five. Um, mm. We're not talking about Ethernet cables here. Uh, we're talking about kaiju. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> not kaiju. We wanted to hear about Ethernet cables. Um, so wow. yeah, we got two. We got two cat fours, which is uh, Haku. Was it ha- Hakuka? Hakuja. Uh, Hakuja. Okay. Uh, Strike Thorn. Cool name, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Raijin, which is the Cat Five. So mm-hmm. we get to talk about <laughs> kaiju at last. Um, so, Dave, what's your thoughts on the uh, the kaiju in general? Uh, I gotta look at the pictures. Um... <laughs> <laughs> He's fully prepared, everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just watched this last night, so it should be. You'd think it'd be a little bit fresh in my mind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They give they give a lot more screen time to Raijin somehow. I think mm. because um, Hakuja is the one that can burrow. I think. Yeah. And it's yeah, just, it it's burrowing. Yes, so it you is. Really yeah. Get a good look at it. Um, mm. Shrikethorn had the spiky bits and the two two tails. I think. Yeah, it would spit uh, plasma. I don't know. I think Raijin was probably the cooler looking one. Uh, has a weird yeah. flytrap face. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it can, like, yeah. It, it's the one that practices Aikido. <laughs> so it, like, it yeah. uh, redirects yeah. its opponent's force back at it. Yeah. yeah. 
Although it's very literal. Yeah, it's very literal. It's not <laughs> like, my favorite it's not one's just like, like stop monsters. hitting it in the face. Don't hit it in the face. Yeah. It's it's the giant <laughs> stupid all. Can be, be careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. That's good. Yeah. Like I said, it's just unfortunate at this point. They don't get that much screen compared to what we think they would be. Mm. Um, because let's be honest, but the other, the, the the two Cat 4s are a bit bumbling in this, aren't they, really? They don't do that much. It's whereas, obviously, right, yeah. Cat 5 is doing, you know, he's, he, he's holding his own. He's uh, with mm. his, uh, like I said, his Venus flytrap face. <laughs> he's a bit T-Rex. Well, according to the wiki, he's a bit T-Rex-like, which mm. I can sort of see. Yeah. Um, but like I said, he absorbs kinetic energy, which is quite cool, and throws it back, like I said, throws it back at him. Um, Strike Thorn was a bit of a funny one, because that's one with the, all the blue eyes, isn't it? Yeah. He's, yeah. So he's, he's quite pretty. He's got ten blue eyes, <laughs> lovely right eyelashes. Side of his face. Uh, exactly, he's beautiful, um, <laughs> and he <laughs> he's uh, he looks a bit like a hammerhead shark. Um, yeah. he's got he's got a plasma weapon of some sort as well. We should mm. see a bit of. Um, like you said, he's got the twin tails. Um, but yeah, I, I think the only problem is with these kaiju, they do have a... Well, I don't know, you guys may disagree with me, but mm. I think the, the ones in the first movie were a bit more prominent compared to each other, as these, apart, like I said, they do morph in... <laughs> no, I won't say that. They do sort of uh, all look the similar They're to very each other. similar. Mm. Um, mm. I think it's yeah. the colour palette. They don't, they're not yeah. visually distinctive, yeah. aside from one has spikes on its body... One has it. I mean, that's their yeah. Like they have, they picked like one trait, but otherwise they look very similar. It's like you have spikes, you got a funny mm-hmm. face, and the other one is different. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like an alligator. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Basically, it's, I don't. It just feels like they were almost a bit of an afterthought. I don't know. Maybe I'm it did. And they're in the middle of a people, city. But... You know, of course they have to attack yeah. Tokyo. So <laughs> they're in. Mega, mega they're in and out of buildings. <laughs> so you're only catching yeah. like small glimpses, and you're definitely seeing a lot more of the Jaegers, mm. even in this fight scene. Yeah, yes. they're focusing much more on the Jaegers ever than uh, the kaiju. Mm. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. They're sort of like an. That's why they, like, said to me, they feel like an afterthought that they've sort of they've spent all the design team. Yeah, yeah. when it comes to the kaiju, they've sort of just gone. Yeah, that'll do. They look all a bit creepy. Um, yeah, because obviously, like like you said about the colours, the Jaegers are all very you know very prominent colours compared to each other. They all you know you can a bit you know clearly see who's who. Whereas, like I said, with these, especially when they're fighting in Mega Tokyo. They do all, more, you know, literally all look the same. <laughs> like, who's fighting yeah. who at this point? But, and, you know, I, I mean, I wonder how much of that is due to the extensive uh, rewrites that the script had. Uh, we also lose mm, yeah. Yamo Dotaro, who had done the designs for the kaiju in the first film. Yeah. He had his yeah, name of like yeah. a billion kaiju. So I have no idea if they <laughs> pulled from any of that or if they just decided to do their own thing. Um, he wrote the script for what was going to be the, his version of the, the of this movie. And um, as mm. far as I'm aware, the, the director just kind of cherry-picked a few little tidbits from that original script and then combined them with, you know, whatever their current script was. 
to, to you know to give us this mm. film, which uh, in tone I think is a little bit different than what um, Del Toro had originally envisioned, and we'll we'll pretty much never know <laughs> what that could have been. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, true. You know, we true. we get Shape of Water instead, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shape of Kaiju. Yes, I'd watch that. Well, great. What, one can kind of get that, that in this film. Water features a mini kaiju. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. It's Sally. Shape of water. It's like the Look at it. Room. It's a cat zero point zero zero one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 coming full circle from my comment I said about Cameron earlier, Saren. I said we could it could be based on that if you want Cameron mm. and the and a mini kaiju. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> It feels like the um the attack on Titan joke is like, oh look out, a two meter class Titan. That's just a tall guy. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll prove it. I'll cut off the back of his neck. <laughs> oh look, he died. <laughs> Risen. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, Cameron, what was your thoughts on the kaiju in general? Um, I mean, I like them. They're big monsters. They're cool. Uh, I, I agree with you that they don't feel as varied as the ones from the first film, but the first film had a massive cast kaiju. Mm. True. And, Very true. And again, gave them a lot more screen time, um, gave them a little more color distinction as well. Like, um, I, I mean, I'll say like Hakuja has a lot more blue coloring to its carapace than the other ones. And so it looks more distinct to me. It also moves very differently because it's, you know, like on six legs crawling around with sort of that more like reptilian body structure. <laughs> Whereas the other two are doing the classic, well, classic Kaiju uh, <laughs> of walking around <laughs> mostly on their rear legs, um, you know, walking around the city. Whereas, you know, Hakuja's scuttling everywhere and diving underground and diving up from underground. Um, so like, I feel they're still distinct, especially in like terms of like their movement and their mannerisms and kind of things. But from a design point, they blend a little more than they did in the first film, which yeah. I think is really just a lack of time to focus on them properly more than anything else. And they're in the daylight. And they're in the daylight. Maybe they're, so they're you know, we're used to, to like see. the glow patterns of the kaiju blue. Yeah, yeah that's that. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Now we're just making up excuses. Yeah, <laughs> they look uh, very similar. There, guys. <laughs> he could have done it. <laughs> Give us like spider kaiju. I mean, he could have done mm. anything. Yeah, like, that's that was one of our yeah praises we sang about. You know, when we did the yeah. first episode was they could literally just have at it. You can make anything a ka- anything can be yeah. a kaiju. Mm-hmm. If you make yeah. it big enough, <laughs> yeah. Zeppelins. I'd like to see Scorpion Kaiju. That'd be cool. It's all just yeah, Dark Souls right. bosses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so we uh, we have a... <laughs> we've got a bit of Kaiju fun here. Um, mm. We did. We said we wouldn't cover the next. Let's talk about the next bit, did we? I think. We wouldn't. Uh, we gonna, yeah, we should. We should just leave. We that. should. We should leave that be. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you will nice want to surprise. see that. Bit. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. Something. Something big happens. Um, <laughs> very <laughs> and, big. Yes, very big. Um, but uh, yeah, but obviously, like I said, they're, they're in Tokyo, Omega Tokyo. But they're 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 going for uh, Mount Fuji, 
because of uh, yeah. minerals, rare human mm. earth rare, minerals, rare, 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 rare earth, earth elements. Minerals. <laughs> um, Not rare human minerals. No minerals. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Because yes. um, apparently, um, so this is stated like earlier in the film as like a foreshadowing thing, but uh, people have been experiment. Well, someone I should say has been experimenting with um kaiju blood as rocket fuel because it combusts. <laughs> ridiculously well with rare earth elements apparently hmm. so the, the the there's the twist of the kaiju were all going in the same direction initially because they were all going to mount fuji it's just they happen to have different land masses in the way on their trip to mount fuji yeah. <laughs> to, go, <laughs> think, to go blow themselves up that was like in the a glaring <laughs> i don't know did they retcon that because that yeah, seemed like that tactic didn't which feel... took like two seconds to come up with should have been discussed yeah. in the first movie like oh let's plot their trajectories oh look there's a common point if you just try and get like, <laughs> literally all heading into the same direction yeah but other than that i mean there was yeah, no time was okay there's no time there's there was no time, time to, to build a robot there, there, there was no time there was only enough time to assemble a team put yeah. together a plan and not track the <laughs> movements of the kaiju there was no time yeah. yeah, even though yeah. we classify it, them because we've seen them enough times to like give them yeah. categories, have categories and everything. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll do no some time. Anyway, no uh, time. <laughs> I mean, you could say it's like a circumstance of for the most of the first film and like the period preceding that. Technically, like they they didn't think they were organized at all in any way like these random monsters keep showing up and then at the end of the first one was like okay there was a purpose behind them right but yeah so that, that is like allowing them the excuse of they didn't have to think about that because it wasn't obvious and they weren't that pressured about it, it yeah. Like, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah well you think that ultimate plan of the precursors would have been on the forefront of the thing when they drifted with the brain in the first movie, like yeah, oh, yeah, true. hey, there's a golden yeah, guys. True. They're they're heading into one specific yeah. spot. That's their like <laughs> overriding order. <laughs> Wouldn't that yeah. be the thing you pick up when you're mind melding with them? Well, yeah. Anyway, well, that hmm. one that one little uh, glaring nitpick aside. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the plot's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Um, because we we basically come to the end of, well without saying the ending we've come to the end of the, mm. so we won't I mean it's standard <laughs> standard ending but yeah. uh, well <laughs> uh, so yeah well that's sort of basically the end of the movie um, so uh, yeah Dave you were going to talk about something else you watched or read I can't remember what you said oh, yeah <laughs> you watched I, or read I figured uh, I would at least do a little bit of padding segue with another kaiju film so i watched uh varan <laughs> yeah, the unbelievable um this was a 1958 uh japanese it wasn't a co-production but they definitely had a, the main protagonist is a uh like american military officer so the whole movie is through his lens and what wouldn't it's a Japanese production, and I don't want... Like, it definitely had, like, bad uh, views on people, like, relationships. I don't know. It was just really uncomfortable mm. watching how people were being treated um, in the film. And it's weird because, like I said, it's, it's a Japanese production. You'd think they would have not gone mm. as 
harsh on their own yeah. nation, but they did. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the the general plot is there is a um, sort of this like it's a science slash military expedition expedition to a little mm-hmm. island where they are studying the effects of chemicals on desalinization. So they found this little lake that's, uh, it has to be coming from the sea because it's not a freshwater lake. So it's a saltwater lake. Mm. And um, they've found these particular chemicals that will speed up the desalinization process rather than relying on the, I guess at the time and probably current day, um, very expensive um, (laughs) machine uh, operated desalinization, however you want to call that. Um, they basically just want to make more drinking water <laughs> and uh yeah the the island itself of course has a indigenous population um, they are japanese but they are considered primitive and um like backwater um by the actual military that's it's the japanese military um doing the study uh in conjunction with the american military of course because this is post-war japan um they are told by the natives that there's a specific god. Um, they, I think they said it in the movie, but it's um, Baradagi Sanjin. So Baradagi is the mountain <laughs> god. Um, I don't know where they get Varan, or I guess Baran would be what it's entitled. So I guess it's a, like cognitive of Baradagi. Um <laughs> though of course the military is like yeah there's no god <laughs> we're just we're gonna, we're gonna relocate <laughs> you guys um, the whole first like 20 30 minutes is um the our our main protagonist um trying mm. to peacefully uh relocate these villagers um and the villagers of course not wanting to, to be uh moved and the the military keep doing their experiments um, at the the protest of the villagers, and of course, this wakes up um, Baradagi, mm-hmm. who it looks they did a sort of it's like you know of course a Godzilla clone, um, but they did yeah. an interesting thing where his back is sort of a. I guess he's a blend of Gamera and Godzilla. So he has sort of a turtle shell, but there's crystal growths coming out of it. It looks pretty neat for a black and white, you know, film that had come out when it did in 58. Mm. Um, apparently the, the actor, the suit actor was injured in one of the explosions and they had to have him replaced halfway through the, the film. Uh, which is interesting. So there's a lot, you know, of course, uh, a lot of practical effects in this. The The model work is pretty good. Um, there's an interesting little scene where I always forget that tanks are more mobile and a little bit quicker than they're per- often portrayed, I guess, in, in popular media. And there's a, uh, I'm like not a military history buff, but uh, whatever little tank they have, it's like super mobile and just like blazing through this like jungle at the, you know, the speed that you'd you know, associate more with like a Jeep or something. And it's just 
<laughs> I don't know. It was neat. It was just zipping around, but it reminded me of Scrapper. Like mm. I said, for some reason, <laughs> that's what it felt like. It's a little, little bumblebee tank um, blazing around. But like with, uh, I guess I don't think we did talk about it. Well, in the first Godzilla, they use the oxygen destroyer to defeat um, Godzilla. I guess in the, in the first movie, um, and in this, they're using special gunpowder. <laughs> so uh, that's it's always interesting. They have some sort of gimmick because their um, their general artillery is not able to pierce um, Baran's shell. And so all their their heavy caliber machine guns, they're they're using um, anti aircraft artillery, and it's just kind of bouncing off. But what they end up doing is mm. taking the the special gunpowder and like making him ingest it. So the explosions are from inside, and he, of course he's not armored in his stomach, and um, that proves to be Baran's undoing, and he trundles back into the ocean um, to ostensibly be destroyed uh there's no follow-up to that but it i don't know it felt like it's it's, it's a giant god so it probably didn't kill him um we just don't i don't think get a re- reappearance from baran in any other film as far as i'm aware i'd have to look it up <laughs> but uh i guess the reviews on this were were less than stellar i don't know i thought it was uh pretty well done um I think the the bigger pro- maybe problem with it was I think the the version I watched has the um the focus on the American soldier or I said soldier but uh, the researcher is his uh, it's too much uh, it's it's a lot of the movies like narrated. He he's dictating oh. to his wife, like um, like in a, for a logbook. <laughs> it's really weird. So he has a, like a he has his Japanese wife. This was a he's married, and I, I guess directly after the war. But she's like acting as his secretary. And it's just, yeah. It was a little. I don't know. It just it was it was not comfortable the way it was like. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't fly i guess anywhere near in a more modern release especially since she's like happily you know writing down his memos but then um he's like yeah if you could perform your secretarial duties or something so she's she spends her days like dictate you know or he's dictating to her and she's just recording it but then she's like oh i better go make dinner to do my wifely duties I'm like this is so weird <laughs> and then there's like this little village kid because they're you know they're in a that little island and this little village kid comes up and just randomly knows that there's halloween i guess in america i don't know it was weird he had like a tribal mask on and he, he's like Rah, and he's like did i scare you like in the american halloween i'm like Okay, <laughs> that's, really, that's a strange thing. I'm pretty sure you don't have TV out here in your little island, buddy. Um, but it, no, yeah, it you didn't weird. frighten me, but you frightened my secretary wife. No, it was worse. <laughs> so the the um, the the main dude, he's like 
no, there's no, there's no Halloween in the island. Like, what did I tell you about that? It's like, you're only here to work. It's like, we hired you to do chores around the house. It's like, wow, you do child labor oh. in the, in the house. Cause the kid's like eight years old. It's a little guy. Man. So I can see how the review, you know, it's not, um, it's not going to get like the best reviews, uh, uh, special effects wise. It was fine. Um, but mm. the, 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 this release is the, apparently the 1962 version of the film and all of the American related footage is like added in. Uh, uh, so I'd be okay. more interested to see the original release with this, with, with this part like removed because it was like vaguely racist. <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was just like, it was bad. <laughs> it was uncomfortable to try to watch it. And so I was like, mm. I found myself skipping those parts and just trying to get to the monster. Um, I don't usually want to have to do that, but you know, when the, when the film's not lending itself to pleasant viewing, um, but the effects were fine in the later part, I, you know, I can't. I can't recommend this one. <laughs> Maybe the original. <laughs> and even in the review part, it's saying that the it bears little resemblance to the Toho original. So, um, Mister, it was directed by Jerry A. Berowitz, um, and uh, written by Sid Harris. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be yeah, digging up any old uh, films by these guys. I'm sure they're not going to be great. <laughs> But that's, yeah, that's the, the long and short of Baron the Unbelievable. It was unbelievably okay. not great. <laughs> See, we're not just recommending what... See, it's all, it's all the service. Yeah, you know, I watch it so you don't have to, like, Howling 3. There we go. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> ah right okay uh it's good to hear about that and is there anything what anyone wants to say about specific rim uprising at all that they missed earlier go watch uh, it it's, it's good. good go watch it <laughs> go watch it go watch it <laughs> Len- leonard go watch it <laughs> okay i will i will be, be should, part of the fun should, should, should <laughs> rise that missive to, my, to watch it since i am the show's new Secretary wife. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Yes. So Pacific Rim Uprising. Watch it. It's it's robots. It's Kai. Yeah. Doesn't take itself seriously. All good things. Okay. It's live so, action cool. anime. There you go. Um, yeah. So I think we'll wrap up this episode. Um, it's, it's weird that. You know, the fact that it's been, you know, give it, like you said earlier, give or take a year we've been doing this. It's it's mm. gone fl- gone really quick. <laughs> yeah. Has, know. You know, and, and we've covered a lot of different things <laughs> as well. So, here we have. And, you know, and then it's got all this more to come as well. Yeah. Know, fresh new take on things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, I will. I, I will break the moist <laughs> I'll yeah. rate the moistness level of all sorts of characters <laughs> moving forward. Oh dear! Oh, oh nice. The value nice. Is higher already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Right. So yeah, that's been another episode of Monster Monster, and a very enjoyable one at that. Um. So yeah, you, 
the show on Twitter. Where can they find it, Cameron? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at mon underscore dmonster. We usually post about a week or two in advance on media we'll be examining in the upcoming week. So you can always send us feedback if you ever feel as such. Damn right. Of course, you don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> We're not going to force you. But it would be so no, nice to have nice. some feedback. No, send us feedback. <laughs> yeah, send it. Send, send it now. It, let us feed. Uh, <laughs> and Dave, where can people find you? What do you do? I am on Twitter at sentinut underscore plus. Also on another podcast, Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. Try to find us. Ooh. It's pretty easy to find us. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> We're on Just type it in. Just type it in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about yourself, Cameron? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, you and I do another podcast yeah, do. Uh, called Realm and Ruin uh, for fans of Warhammer 40K, Warhammer Fantasy and Age of Sigma. All right. uh, we do that once every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, come listen to us because we talk about all kinds of things. Yes. Um, what we're yeah. painting and... Yeah. What- Oh, and, other and if stuff. you visit our Twitter right now, you can participate in a poll to decide what amount of miniatures I spend money on this month. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a dangerous poll, buddy. Dangerous uh, move. <laughs> at, at the moment, I, I checked like half an hour ago. I think at the moment I'm going to have to buy a tank. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I did the same with the Shadespire warband yeah. as well. I'm now deciding yeah. what the next one. I've got yeah. the people got the whole weekend to vote. oh nice and um how about yourself leonard what are you up to on the internet uh yes you can find me on twitter as well at dr faust is dead um you can also find me on youtube at youtube uh slash dr faust is dead i'm currently working on a bunch of stuff (laughs) (laughs) um Uh, trying to find a moment to work on uh, a couple of new videos when I can. Um, One of them, which is going to be a a series of indeterminate length uh, where I will once again go back to the well of Bloodborne and uh, yeah. yeah, Take a uh, sip. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Nice indeed. Nice. Right. And myself, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ninja7, the number seven. So you can find me on Realm and Room with Cameron. Yeah. Many hosts of Dark Insight as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's been another good episode. Thank you very much for listening. Um, don't get bitten by any more monsters this week. It's not healthy for you. <laughs> um, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.